Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey, 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 all you Light the Fight listeners. We're back at you. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And uh, Heidi, miss you last week. I know, but you did so good without me. What did we even talk about? You always did so good. You talked about summer. I'm just kidding. I remembered. (laughs) He's testing me. That's what he was doing. I was just seeing if she listened. (laughs) Do you care about us or not? (laughs) But seriously, welcome to Light the Fight. And we are happy to be here. I mean, it's uh, here. I don't know about you guys, but here in Utah, we're right in the middle of winter, summer. And I, I saw a meme that said something like, it's only rained twice, once for 35 days and once for 45 days. Mm, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so... Uh, it's freezing. But, but for the first time, you might be able, depends if we post this episode or not. This is our first practice run at... The YouTube. So we called the people from YouTube, told them we to get them down to here. Called them to come down here. So you guys need to get down this. here. See, I didn't realize this a year ago. I didn't realize this that I'm like, why doesn't YouTube come down here and film this? We'd be <laughs> popular on YouTube. Didn't know that that's not how it works. Apparently, our producer Googled it and found out that we have to submit the videos to YouTube. Is, it's very complicated. Took us a while to figure that out. But here we are. We're looking up the camera. If you are watching this on YouTube, that means we actually posted it and we didn't use it as a sample run. And, if you're just and listening I didn't to get this, my way, and it didn't get deleted. If you're just listening to this and looking for us on YouTube, you can't find it. It's because Heidi got her way, Yeah, we didn't post this episode. Yes. I'm voting for posting the episode, regardless what happens. Because David got a haircut. Can you tell? Well, yes, I got a haircut. <laughs> I got a haircut, and I'm used to making a fool out of myself. Heidi's not used to making a fool out of herself. I mean, I got the lip gloss on. That's really all I've got going She's for used me. to bedazzling things. I'm used to blowing things. <laughs> so. Well, you know, when we... when. We cancel each other out. There you go. We just come right in. We're back at even. We're back at center stage. So, (laughs) well, you guys, um, let's just jump right into it. Um, Heidi and I, we had a very short three-hour discussion before we started the podcast. (laughs) No, we just had to do our little meetings and get everything caught up to to date. I know, um, you know, she's been traveling all around, um, business, play, work. And so we've been keeping in contact, but it was our first chance to sit down and talk for a while. So we had a chance to talk a little bit about uh, a topic that we possibly want to bring up today. And so um, I think I'm going to call this episode Cursing Because You Care. (laughs) And (laughs) I like that. What that means is sometimes in life we have curse words go through our head and they're bad words or for those of you who aren't hardcore curses, for those of you who are like HECA is like the real (laughs) H-E double hockey sticks, well then... Depends on your level of cursing. Maybe for you, saying ASS is a horrible word. So, okay, if that's your style of cursing. But sometimes when you have curse words inside your heart and inside your mind and it's about loved ones, it's because you care. Not because you actually want them to 
die a horrible, <laughs> slow Chinese water torture type death because they didn't listen to you or you want, you know, their karma to get them like by the end of the day. But sometimes we just care so much that only curse words can describe our pain and our agony. Well, and when you're in that situation where somebody told me once you can only truly be angry at somebody that you really, truly love. Right. You know, like because right. because your depth of madness can only be equivalent to your depth of love. It's like a park <laughs> swing. If you hold your little kid up high up on the swing, five feet off the ground, you let go, they're going five feet on the opposite direction. So <clears throat> I like how you put that, Heidi. Sometimes you just have to really express or think about how much you hate someone to prove that you really love them. That's how you <laughs> testify their love. True story, a little confession. I remember the first time I had a real serious girlfriend. Apparently, she wasn't raised in a family that yells at each other as a language of love. And so I yelled at her. I got upset. And then I punched the roof of my car and or her car. And then I got out. And so she thought it was a real breakup. To me, it was just a Tuesday in my house. <laughs> I thought that was just, you know, I was unhappy. It was just normal. Yeah. And so I, I come to find out that not everybody curses and yells at people they love. She didn't come from a family. They actually... Sang songs, did Christmas carols. No wonder it didn't work. Baked goods together. <laughs> I just saved her the heartache. I'm like, you don't need to go to therapy for years because of me. Just <laughs> go off in the sunset on your own. You'll be better without me. But back to what we're talking about. Heidi and I were talking a little bit, and Heidi, I want you to kick this off. But there's a lot of things going on that make you angry as a parent, make you frustrated make you upset and all joking aside sometimes could make you want to curse or actually curse. And so Heidi, why don't you talk a little bit about what we're talking about before the podcast and we can get into a little more depths because it's not really about cursing. I was just trying to think of something clever. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things, and I get a lot of messages um, from you listeners, from people who haven't listened yet. And one of the common things that people talk to me about is just like how much they despise their own kid um maybe because and and there's a guilt like right when when you're a parent and you really don't like your kid and it's let's be honest it's never that you don't love them it and it's usually because you don't like how they're behaving it's you know usually a a, a behavior issue um, but the thing that I wanted to kind of address. So you mean it's like over and over and over. It's not a one-off thing. It's something that's so constant. It's like, it's just driving. Well, and, it, and they're selfish beings, right? And so. And as parents, we're angelic beings. Right. And we do, like, we do error. these nice, nice <laughs> things for them. Like. I'm sorry. I got a smile. We're on camera now. I'm just going to give you a stern, <laughs> mean mug and look. I got to get. Huh. <laughs> As my eyebrows. I know this is—it's a whole different dynamic. We're like, no, we're just—we're gonna be normal. You guys just watch, okay? We're just gonna be normal. I think that's how this is gonna work. Okay. (laughs) No, so a lot of moms will be like, "My kid is a jerk, and I don't like him or her." And um, this is a little bit of a triggering (laughs) conversation for me. Um, specifically because I can remember feeling, and I've had these feelings about all of my kids. I have five children and there has, there's been plenty of times that I've felt these feelings about each one of my children. So at any moment, anybody can get it, right? Like anyone can get that. They're they're jerks all the time, (laughs) 
right? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They give you enough <laughs> material for you to be mad at yes. them. Okay, got it. I'm sorry. Um, but you know the fact that there there was definitely times when I really felt like my son, who I lost, and who passed away. There were some times that I thought he was a jerk, and I was mad at him. And um, so I kind of what I wanted to address is that when things aren't going well for us as humans, we might be a jerk. And it might not be the person that we love most fault. <laughs> um, and as you know, I just kind of wanted to specify the fact that as parents, we can take poor behavior that our children are expressing personally as like a personal attack against yeah. us as maybe maybe that we didn't do our job as much good enough as a parent or you know and so it's this like I did this for you and this for you and David always uses the Xbox thing like I bought you an Xbox and I'm all and I'm always like I made you cookies at midnight and you know I printed out these photos and made this beautiful scrapbook for you <laughs> and you won't eat, you can't even get up for school on time you know, and um, so I just kind of wanted to talk about the fact that when people are struggling, they don't treat you nice. Well, and also one thing you said, too, was what happens when your kids specifically don't meet your expectations. And that was part of the thing that you'd mentioned but before we started recording, that it's really hard. Like one of the one of the things that drives a parent crazy or can drive a parent crazy is when the expectation is set. Your kids agreed to the expectation. They have all the capability in the world. You've done your part, and they keep on falling short of the expectation. Your kid may get angry and frustrated with you. You may be angry and frustrated with them. But how do we handle that situation as parents? Because there's a lot of ways to, and I jokingly say this often, there's a lot of ways to make it go worse. It's easy to take it personal. It's easy to feel like, hey, you know, how are we supposed to be a team and work on something when I did my part, you didn't do your part. Now let's sidelight here just for one second because obviously we're talking about like a teen-child relationship. Um, for those of you listening, I want you to also think about your partners because there are some times when, well, that like a when teen you're... Child... <laughs> It can't be. It certainly can't not, be. Not for you, I mean, listener, not, but right. for your spouse or your partner, I'm sure they're the ones that act Whoever's like listening is the responsible one, Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. wouldn't be listening to a podcast That's like right. this. That's right. <laughs> right. You pay your taxes. You listen to Light the Fight, right? That's You're right. You're a good-standing parent That's American. That's right. You're, you're home free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, in every relationship, expectations that are spoken and not spoken exist, right? Yeah, well, I mean, isn't it hard though, me ask you society? Yeah, you have an expectation of your kids and they have an expectation of you. Maybe their expectation is that when they fail, you don't freak out. Right, that's not a thing. But maybe <laughs> that's what they want. They're expecting, hey, I'm, I'm younger, I'm gonna make mistakes. Of course you know more than me, mom. Like, don't freak out. You should have known that I wasn't gonna do this perfectly. And I, I like... You know, I mean, expectations are expectations. They're what we wanted the outcome to be, right? It doesn't always work out that way. And so going back to what we were talking about as far as the cursing and yelling, it's it's really difficult and frustrating when we have expectations for our loved ones, whether it be our kids or our partners. 
that aren't met. And a lot of times we feel that we have to be the bearer of um, that experience. So like, for example, a parent and a teenager, they agree at the end of the quarter, the end of the school year, if they get certain grades, they'll have certain privileges during the summer. Well, now school year's coming to an end. They didn't meet the grades. But then now the parent is left with being the bad person if they don't let their kid do the things during the summer that their whole life revolves around. It could be a sport camp. It could be some trip or whatever it may be. So a lot of times parents, like, they feel like they're put in that position. It's like, okay, now I'm the bad person if I don't allow you to meet your dreams, even though you didn't meet my expectations or what we agreed upon. So this is something that... um, in various different ways, we give tidbits, little nuggets, as we like to say, unlike the fight, of how to address and handle these situations. And there's a lot of similarities. But in this Can particular Can I throw one, one more? I want Before you yeah, give the solution, I want to throw one more expectation issue in the mix, which is, um, you know, let's say that in your family, everybody plays this instrument or <coughs> everybody plays this <coughs> Excuse you. Pardon me. You okay? Water went down the wrong Everybody gets to watch me. This only happens because cough. we're actually on camera. <coughs> well, don't cough into the microphone. Cough over there. No, let me cough in the microphone a little bit louder. Okay. Apologize. You know, <coughs> no, you're good. Just, just. Man, work I don't it, even have a sickness this time. It's totally healthy. <laughs> Proceed. So I think that. There is a real disconnect if you are somebody, and I'm going to give you an example for me. Um, you know, and and you joke about it a lot. Heidi's a bedazzler, you guys. I am known for being a crafter. I'm known for being creative. I have my own brand, and people say things to me like this: "Oh, I bet your house is decorated so cute." And I think to myself immediately. I think, "Oh my gosh, my mudroom." Pile, pile hasn't been changed. The decoration hasn't been changed since Halloween. So you're like cute, oh. yes, clean, no. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm thinking of all of these areas in my house that would never live up to this person's expectation, and then I feel like crap about myself. The expectation you imagine that they're imagining, right? Okay. Right. Can proceed. <laughs> and you guys, this is an issue for me. Like, I don't want people to come to my house. Because I'm worried that it's not going to live up to whatever they think. It should live gonna, up to. You know, I mean, and I've worked through this actually a lot, but this has been an an ongoing, ongoing issue. And so I think that if you have a kid that like, let's say everybody in the family plays the piano except for the one person, you know, like this is a personal, another personal experience. And then everybody just expects you to be a certain way because your family is a certain way or everybody expects you to be a certain way because a sibling was a certain way. And you're not that person. And that can even go negative. Like maybe you've got a sibling that was that was a screw up and you're not. And you're like, hello, I'm, you know, I'm not that. When we have that disconnection of what people are expecting us to be and then how we really are, that creates this little knot of discomfort. Yeah. So, you know, okay, now you can share your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, here's what I'm thinking. The parents that I talk to, and I can't say everyone because that would be absurd. Not everyone has this outcome, but the parents that I talk to that have 
you know, expectations of their loved ones. <clears throat> Remember, we're usually talking about family members, kids, partners, so on and so forth. But the people that come in and talk to me, when expectations aren't met, when they get angry and they get frustrated, they feel like they're not allowed to talk about it or say what their disappointment or frustration is. Now, a little background here. I'm usually talking to parents that have teenagers that have serious issues and they're parenting kind of like they're hostage parenting. Like they talk tough. They're like, I can't believe they didn't do this for their homework and blah. And they get all mad at them. And then they quickly go to, I can't do anything about it. I can't say anything because it'll turn into a fight or they do say something that turns into a fight or they'll be like, Hey, listen, I don't want to ruffle the feathers. I know my kid already feels bad enough about it. I don't, I don't want to make it harder for them. So I'm just, just hold it myself. But there's not a lesson learned. People should know when other people are disappointed in them. And you don't want to shame other people. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of wiggle room there. And I think it's a challenge for most parents because most parents are pretty honest with me. They trust me that they can say things to me like, I just want to kill my kid today. And then look at me, they'll be like, you know, I don't actually want to kill. I'm like, I know you do. <laughs> and they trust me when I say that, They're like, you're not going to report me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to report you for that. Like I, you just continue, keep talking. Uh -huh. But once they say it openly, it makes them feel better, but they still go back to feeling like they're in a hostage situation, that relationship. They can't be honest with that relationship. I'm telling you without honesty in the relationship, there's not going to be the growth that so, you desire and that your kid desires. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that you can tell somebody that you're disappointed in them? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now we're starting to get into some uncharted territory because this, this is the, okay. I need some information. I need some, I mean, because disappointment hurt, hurts. It hurts. I hate to let people down. You know, and, her and so I, I hate to be told that I've disappointed. I mean, so, uh, but I get disappointed a lot. Well, I'll be honest with you, not all of you, hopefully, well, I'm assuming those of you listening can do this, but not all parents will ever master the art of giving bad news in not a bad way. Most parents, it takes so much energy to articulate words and put them in a way that's not overbearing and shameful and and hurt your kids feelings but yet find that sweet spot where you can still be direct too and be honest with them and let them know where you're coming from and this in of itself is a skill because it's so easy to just throw out our disappointment a lot of times if we've talked in other episodes sometimes it's easy to be sarcastic make fun of someone right that's easier uh -huh. especially someone you're really angry at but you can't blatantly tell them you think they're a horrible waste of human flesh. <laughs> so you just make fun of something they're insecure about, but then that doesn't do anything either except create more resentment and cause disconnection in the relationship. So it, it's pretty important that when you're listening to this, you realize that there is a line in between shaming your kids and there's a line in between just, just making things a little too soft for them that they can't ever learn how to take criticism. And we use ref references to coaches, like sporting coaches here sometimes on Light the Fight. The best thing I can tell you is that the best leaders, the best influencers, whether they be parents, owners of a company, captains of a sporting team, or whatever it is, the best leaders 
have to give bad news, but they don't have to do it in a bad way. So it looks like this. If you see yourself as a coach, then you're going to have to be critical at times. If you see your kid as a disgruntled employee who doesn't want to work with you and you're viewing them as someone who has listened to you time and time again and still doesn't do the right thing. So therefore they're trying to bring down the team, the group or whatever it may be. You're sadly mistaken. A disgruntled employee that you could never fire. Exactly. I, <laughs> what are our jokes? I say, if you've ever worked for a family business, try firing the owner's kids. Yeah. Not easy to fire the owner's kids. You can't, and you, you're the owner of your business. You can't fire your kids so easily. Trust me, it's not easy to do. You fire them one day and the next day, you're like, fine, you're coming back. Come on back. <laughs> so when you have expectations, getting back to our first original conversation, your kid, your partner, whoever it is, doesn't meet your expectations. You're angry. They know that you're angry. So there's this like stalemate. <clears throat> there's this frustration. You can go to this person not at the time of the heightened time of your anger and frustration, but you can go to this person and you can simply, I know it sounds so repetitive because we say it over and over again, but you can model for them how a person handles disappointment, states how they feel and states what they want to have happen next, even though it's obvious the timeline has gone away, the expectation wasn't met and it can be chalked up as a failure. A lot of times we feel that something has failed, something didn't work, and we want to stand over and sulk and talk about how angry we are that the expectation wasn't met. Leaders don't do that. Well, good leaders, effective leaders don't do okay. that. Effective leaders in this situation, let's use an example. You're a teenager, like I said with the parent, agree last quarter of school, you get certain grades, you're going to go to these certain activities. You don't get certain grades, you're not going to go to these activities. At the end of it, Grades come out this week. Your kid doesn't have the grades that they were supposed to get. You're angry and cursing. But then again, like a typical challenged parent who's got their hands tied behind their back as hostage, you don't really say to them that they can't do these things, but you're just angry because now you have to be the bad person that has to ruin their summer. And you go through all these different variations of bad outcomes. And you're so worked up that you don't really get a chance to move and learn and show them how this is just an experience. It's not necessarily a bad experience. So here's what you simply do. Go to your teenager, say, listen, <clears throat> saw the grades. Obviously it didn't work out the way we had planned. Use the we, right? Team it, it's, Exactly. If this is for morale. You'd use the we, and then when you use the you, that's when it comes to, so we didn't get to where we're supposed to be, but you get to do the next part now. Okay, so it simply says, hey, listen, I know the agreement was for you to get these good grades, and you're not going to be able to go on these three trips during the summer. Tell you what, this one over here, I know this one's going to kill you if you don't go on this trip. So you better come up with something that you could really buckle down, work hard. I mean, blood, sweat, tears. If you really want to go on this trip, even though you broke your agreement over here, or you didn't fall through the agreement. Let's say the it's a, like a trip with the friends out of state, something big, right? That other people are depending upon you going. Well, in order for you to go here, you're going to get yourself there, but you have to come up with a couple ideas that I want you to bring to me, pitch it to me about things that you could do during the summer to still earn this trip. The second one over here, not looking good for you. The first one over here, definitely out of the equation. 
So the first one, that that ship sailed. You're not you're not having this concert you're supposed to go to. At least I'm not paying for it. The second one, tell you what, we're gonna have to see how the summer plays out because I don't know if this one's an option for you either. First one's gone, second one's a maybe, third one is I'll give you an opportunity, but you gotta come to me really pitching me that you have a new plan that you want to negotiate. So what you've done is you've kind of, you've acknowledged the bad news, but you've moved right on is what you're saying. Okay. So look at it from a business perspective, someone that you've trained for years to get to a certain position in the company has been continually making the mistake. Do you hire a brand new person who doesn't know your company doesn't have any experience and train them for years to get them to a potential so that they can then make those types of decisions? Or do you try to figure out a different place in your company to put this person, different project for them to work on? Maybe you got to work some things around. Maybe they got to have their feet on the fire a little bit. There are some times where you don't have to fire that employee, but you have to tell them you're on notice. Here's what happens. I do not want you to be gone from our company but I cannot have you doing this type of work and expecting to get paid and results from it. So this is how you say it to your kids. I can't allow you to not do your part and me continue to give you everything in life that you need because you don't want that. By the way, even if they think they do, you just tell them you don't want that because you want to earn it. Give them all those courageous things that you tell people. You want to be your own person. You want to live your own life. You don't want your parents telling you what to do. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a different deal. But you're gone from the first thing that you want to do this summer. That's out. There has to be a sting. And instead of getting caught into the, I'm disappointed, I'm mad, I'm sad, they will bait you. Your loved ones will say, you're probably mad at me. You're probably disappointed. Guess what? It's a or tactic. I'm just a terrible per- you know. I'm, I'm just, just I'm terrible. terrible. I'm stupid. It's a I'm, tactic you know. that all human beings have used to try to elicit sympathy in hopes that they can barter their way out of the situation doesn't work that way. You have to create a whole new deal. No, this deal's over. You're getting some consequence because you didn't follow through and it doesn't have to be that bad if you can come up with a better plan. Let's come up with a different deal, but you have to have your feet up against the fire. So how you approach it when you say it to him, it's all statement form. Listen, I know you're, I know you're upset. I'm not disappointed in you. You know, it's, I wish that, you know, things would have been differently. Never want to put you as an individual. I'm mad at you. I know that this is killing you. Don't speak too much for this person. Just say, listen, I know this must be a difficult thing, but I also know that you want to earn what you have. So here's what we're going to do. You're not going to get this, but let's come up with another deal so you have a chance to get this. But I'm not giving this one to you. This one you're going to have to really work hard and earn. If they say, well, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I'll just sit at home all summer. Fine. I'll give you a week to decide. Don't make someone decide when they're emotional right. what the rest of their time is going to be. But the real basis to all this, you have to be assertively vulnerable. You have to go to the person. You have to tell them, hey, listen, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen. I know you don't like it. I don't really prefer the situation either, but this is what's going to happen. Let your loved ones get used to the feeling of disappointment that they actually could have prevented. Hmm. Because... And being disappointed, it- being disappointed is not a sin. 
being disappointment is not a being disappointed not a crime and being disappointed can be a really good reminder to you that you don't want to be the person who's not walking on graduation day you don't want to be the person who all your friends are going off and do things but you don't get to do them being angry and frustrated that you missed out on great life experiences is good because whatever you're not doing to earn you those life experiences that's going to catch you in the long run. That's going to be nipping at your heels and you're going to be a person that's going to be 30, 40 years old down the road wondering why people aren't there to bail them out. Correct this mindset now. Say, yes, it sucks. You're going to lose something, but let's try to figure something out. But also what I'm noticing is, and, and I think that this is what I would be guilty of, is just making it so personal. Like letting that failure just hurt me personally, like make me feel like I'm a, I'm a bad parent because you didn't succeed here. That's why the cursing that you talked about, where you're cursing this person, curse, make the words go towards who, if you're going to curse at your kid, the natural reaction is to shame and beat yourself up because you didn't do the things. Maybe you cleaned their room and you shouldn't have been cleaning the room. Maybe you you babied them too much. Yeah. I could have done this. I could have helped them. I could, you know, I could have enabled or, you, you know, Whatever. I think that there's a lot of, for me, I always, like when something goes wrong, I always think, oh, maybe I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. So I want you to do that. so I lose that. Okay. So let me interrupt you. What you just said, I want you guys to do exactly what Heidi just said, but flip it upside down. I want you to tell your kids, if you're the type of parent that would normally say, so this is for you parents, and normally say like, I feel bad because like... Like we, we were so close. Like you could have made it like, you know, I know I, if you see your kid getting down on themselves, it's easy to be like, Oh no, it's my fault too. I should have right. done this. I should have, I should have got your spelling words out. We should have gone over them, but I went to bed early or this is a good place to start because if they want crit- to criticize you, you just go and take it. You start at first. You say, listen, I know there's, there's a lot of things that I could have done better this school year or whatever it may be that could have made it easier for you. That's on me. And I also know that you could have gotten the grades that you needed to because you've gotten them in the past. So we're just going to bury the hatchet. Here's your consequence. But let's come up with how we can avoid this in the future. Or it doesn't have to be a death sentence consequence. So if you got something in your in your plans that you really feel like you cannot live without, but there's three things, we're going to have to pick a couple to go without. Make them focus on the one that's so important to them. Don't just give it to them. Make them do some makeup assignment type homework thing for it. Just like when they're going to the teacher. Say, listen, I turned my test late. I know I need extra credit. If teacher's nice enough and you seem persistent enough, though, okay, go clean up the trash. Go do this. Go serve detention. Whatever you got to do, but are you willing to do it? Now, if your kids don't follow through and they sulk around the house and they say, well, then fine, that's too hard for me. I'm just going to, you know, I'll just ruin my whole entire summer. You have to let them sit with that because you gave them an option. They just chose not to take it. That's no different if someone, if a grown adult says, I don't like to go to the doctor, so I don't go to the doctor. And everybody else around them saying, well, that hematoma doesn't look like it's going anywhere. (laughs) That rash has gotten bad. You might want to go see a doctor instead of just rubbing some like ointments on it. Like you might need to actually get some treatment or help, but you can't force someone to see the doctor. How many grown adults... I'm not asking myself. I can just say, I know a lot of grown adults that confess to me all the time that they just, they've had bad experiences. They can't go see the doctor. They're not facing something. 
Whatever it is, they don't want to face it. Do your kids a favor. Say, I could have done better if you need to say that. I faltered in these ways and you could have done better and you faltered too. So my consequence is I'm going to sit here and be with you while you don't get to do these things. I'm going to take the brunt from you. You're going to be grumpy and this and that. We're going to deal with this together. And that's hard. It's very hard, but you have to tell them it was their mistake and they can make up for it. I like that. I like that. And if they choose not to make up for it, don't try to convince them into it. Silence is the best motivator. If you're a parent that sits there and try to convince them to see how important it is for them to follow through with the new plan because the last plan didn't work out, you're, you're doing too much. You're doing way too much. If they say, hey, listen, I don't care and I don't want to work hard to make up for it, just sit there for a moment and go, yeah, I get it. Too many parents use sarcasm in those points. So, oh, really? Well, that's what you're saying now. What happens four weeks from now when you come back begging me for this deal again, but then it's too late? You know, I'm not going to bail you out then and give them some long lecture. No one's listening to that. Just sit there with them, say, I get it. I don't blame you for if if I were you, I'd probably want to give up the whole entire summer too. I'll tell you what, I'll give you some time to think about that. I know this is a lot to handle at once. Love you. Have a good day and walk away. The importance of introducing something, letting them sit with it, because there's no good option when you're telling someone, hey, miss out on three things you want to do or just miss out on two. <laughs> They're going to think, well, they both suck. Well, yeah. So does like paying rent or paying mortgage. Both of them suck. Like pick yeah. which one you want to do. Like there's, you're going to have some pain, some frustration, some discomfort. A lot of the young people right now, it's a common thing to avoid discomfort. To not want to be in an uncomfortable situation. Nobody likes to be in an uncomfortable And parents, we get really good at helping our kids avoid the uncomfortable situation. Now you get to practice sitting with them in their uncomfortable situation. You can still play the, since you're the owner of the company and they're your employee, okay, we'll make a new contract, a new deal. But there's got to be sting and some sort of consequence that comes from their actions on the first deal. It's hard. I know, I know that there's some, t some things that you just, you don't want your kid to miss out on or you don't want to enforce that rule or, you know, whatever. And so it, you wind up just kind of like letting go. I mean, I think that happens. After doing this lot. for years at this time of year, I've seen so many kids that wanted to graduate and walk that didn't. The first 12 to 15 times, it really did break my heart. <laughs> But then the next 50 to 70 to 100 times, <laughs> it made me smile. Which is, this is hard because, and not you know, because I only I'm, have five kids. Not because I don't have I'm 100 a, kids. Too. Not because I'm, a, well, they're not my kids. The kids is helping, but uh, I'm I not mean, a masochist. I wasn't like, yeah, that's what they get for not fulfilling their responsibilities. The reason why it started to make me smile is because every person that I was seeing that didn't walk, we worked through it. Guess what it did? It took the most uncomfortable thing in their life and it said, here's the big problem. The big problem isn't you walking, graduating. It's you doing something consistently every time you're supposed to do it just long enough until it's done. Because there's a whole lot of people walking on that stage that are not the brightest bulbs on the Christmas tree. <laughs> that are not the smartest kids that are not getting no awards, but guess what they did? They went to the detention, they made the no grades into grades, they turned in the missing assignments, they figured it out. It may not have looked pretty, 
It might have been on the last day. Might have been the last day. And their parents might have had something to do with it. But the point is, is that the kids that didn't graduate, when I sat with them for weeks of the summer, yeah, those were painful summers. But you know where they're at now? They're not in a place they wish they would have graduated, but they, at least the ones I've talked to in recent years, all said they didn't deserve to graduate. And so it's because they didn't deserve to graduate, something inside of their mind knew that even if they got someone to give them a favor or pull a string, they didn't deserve it. So there's this weird thing. It's like they wish they would have filled it out, but looking back at now, they needed to go through that because that was so embarrassing. It was so disappointing. Their parents that I'm counseling are not even looking at them in eye contact because they knew if they gave eye contact to their kids, the kids are like, see, see, you you just think I told you so. Like you were just – Parents are like, why well, didn't you say anything? I'm like, don't even look at them. Let them sit with it. They got to eat crow. They, I hope I'm using that terminology right. I think that's how you use it. It's been a lot. I haven't used like old, you know, phrase like that, but they've got to sit with it and it sucks and it makes me smile. Not because I want them to suffer, because I'd rather them suffer right now at 18 and be wondering why they can't pay their bills, why their jobs. Oh, they fired me. I only missed like 12 days this month. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's the 15th, but it was only 12 days, right? Like, the point is, there's some just ridiculous, unrealistic expectations that young people have always had, but in today's world, it's, it's out of control. They see too many young people that are millionaires, too many young people that just seem like they wake up and they're in Italy one day. And they're, it's like, how are these kids yeah, travel bloggers when they're 23 years old? Like, how the hell are they affording this lifestyle? There's too much distraction and there's too much false reality. They need to feel some good old fashioned pain, but it can't come from you. It's got to come from life. And I guess basically we're talking about like if I have to if I have to sum this up in stuff that we talk about all the time, right? Don't freak out. Um, stay calm when you're delivering this information, um, and don't let it be like a super emotional experience. Slow it down. Take your time. Play dumb when you're listening. When they're like, "You're disappointed," you're like, oh, "No, I'm not." Play dumb at first, and then once you get through that, then you can be assertive. That's why I said. You're gonna to have to tell them not that you're disappointed. Just say, "Listen." If they say you're dis, if your kids say you're disappointed in me, I say, "I'll be honest with you. The old me probably would have been." Mm. <laughs> you have to own it. You have to tell them, "Listen, I get why you think I can't handle this, but let me put it to you this way: right now, you may not. Let's use the not graduating or not going on your summer trips." You may have made some mistakes to get you in the position that you're in. And like I said earlier, you can tell them, but you can make up for it. And here's what I can do. I can just sit here and help you out, not bail you out. See, the old parent of me would have bailed you out. And then I would have expected you to act and behave in a way that I wanted you to act and behave. Date the person I want you to date. Take the job I want you to date. See, there's strings attached when I help you out and nobody wants that. So... Just take your time. Think about if you want to do some extra credit to work out the summer to kind of get your privilege back. If not, that's fine too. But uh, yeah. And just because walk, just let it be. There doesn't have to be a solution. It has to be sorted out. And and that's the reality. And I think that this is an important message to those of you who are listening. Everything can be worked out. 
Just because you don't know the solution doesn't mean there's not a solution. Well, let me add a little caveat to that. Everything can be worked out in connected relationships. Okay. So people, your relationship can be worked out if you're working together. If one person, a parent gets pitted against a teenager or a teenager gets pitted or a parent gets pitted against another parent, that's the ones that are really difficult to work out. We always say err on the side of what? The relationship. The relationship. <laughs> and here's why. Because the crap's going to hit the fan. Something's always going to go wrong in your family's always, life. Always, always, always. <laughs> if you do not have the relationship on deck, a partner type relationship where you can just say, hey, listen, something's going on. Let's talk about this. If you don't have that kind of relationship, then it doesn't matter what the problem is. It's going to become real personal and it's going to feel like some internal it's, it's strife true. and struggle. It's true. To be like, you're against me. Well, how am I be against you? I was the one that helped you out with this. Now it goes back and forth with counting, uh, keeping score of who helped each other the most. Well, you never helped me when I was 10. Well, you didn't help me last week. Well, you know, you didn't come and turn in the, uh, your, you didn't uh, take out the trash when I told you. It's so easy in any relationship to go into this, who did, who for what. Right. But if there's a relationship, you start with, hey, listen, you know, I got your back. I know you have my back. It didn't work out. It sucks. It hurts. You're disappointing yourself. You don't need me to be disappointed. You made a mistake. Let's make up for it. What are we going to do next? Let's take some time to figure this out. I can't give you the privilege because you don't want me to give you the privilege. The privilege based upon you earning something, you didn't earn it. So you would hate it if I gave you something you didn't earn because you would be just like those other kids running around town that their parents made their life super cushy for you. By the way, you could be that parent, but every kid likes to think that other kids <laughs> are spoiled and taken care of, but they're not. So you're actually play, you're playing to that hero. You can figure this out. You can work it out. If they, they look at you, they'll be convinced and then they'll turn around and go, well, but I still can't go on, on the concert trip. See, well, yeah, but I'm just saying like, you're going to feel better at some point, but today you feel like crap. So yeah, feel like crap. Now you're going to figure it out. Well, it's easier for you to say, you, you don't have to miss on your favorite trip. Hey, listen, I get it. You're angry, upset. Let's talk about it later. Do not get baited into continuing the conversation because it will become personal if it's too long. Play really naive, let it calm down. Then when you do have the conversation, be assertive. Tell them, you know, this is what's going to happen. Model for them that good leaders address the problem. Say, yeah, you screwed up. You made a mistake. Make up for it. Now here's what we're going to do next. Here's another opportunity. If you want to give them another opportunity, I would suggest give them a new plan, a new deal, and put the old one to rest, but the old one has to be put to rest with the real, okay, you can't go to the concert now. Once they say, they acknowledge you can't go to the concert, then you can start a new deal. When parents come to me and say, my kids are trying to negotiate a new deal without acknowledging what they did in the past. Well, the way I look at it, there's no new deal until they take ownership. So you want a new deal so you can go on your California trip at the end of the summer with your friends? Okay, well, own the fact, just simply state, did you get the grades? No. Okay, that's good. You didn't get the grades. They don't have to confess and say everything that they did wrong. Just acknowledge it. You acknowledge it. When they look in your eyes and say, that's my bad. I could have done better. I made a mistake. Great. Now let's move on. Then you can start a new deal. Don't try to do two deals at one time with the kid because that's what normally happens. They want you to be just really disgruntled with them that their teachers didn't give them the grade and let them out of trouble at the same time. No, 
you acknowledge that they should be disgruntled. They should be angry and frustrated. And then you use our classic and you say, and that has nothing to do with you going to the concert. But I'd be mad if I were you too. As soon as they can acknowledge that that happened, they're taking responsibility for it and they're ready to move forward, then you can continue. But you can't do that if you don't have a relationship with them. That's why not making this personal is critical. It, it is. Absolutely critical. Because I just gave you an example of what could really happen good, but no one gets there if they're like, why didn't you get the grades? Now I have to ground you? See, you did this to me. If it's all about your stress and your struggles, what your kid just did, you lost him. You're not a leader. You're just another sheep. Yeah. Why would they follow you? You're just following your own emotions. Well, and let's be honest, as parents, we want to give our kids the world. It's this weird, like, why do we? Even though no one gave it to us. Why, right? why do we have this, right? And I mean, I was sitting on the airplane next to this, a couple of these, a couple of young girls. And first of all, I could not believe how young they actually were. The mom's like, oh yeah, she's in eighth grade. And I was like, this 25 year old right here? You know, like, wow. And and this girl had the nails, the jewelry, every tech thing. Plus I knew how much the clothing cost it. I, I mean, I was like, I was like doing the addition in my head and I was like, this this girl is a pricey number right here. But but as parents, we for some reason we just have this desire to just give them such a a beautiful thing. And then when we give it to them and they don't just angelically do everything that we want, then we're just we're so hurt. My and friend calls it a poodle in a dress. Is there ever been a poodle that says, hey, put an outfit on me, mom? But people do it. And if they don't want to wear it and take it off, they're like, why are you trying to take off the outfit I try to put on you? They didn't ask you for the outfit, right? Now, kids are asking their parents for for like fancy stuff, whatever, but that's not going to make your relationship, I guess, is what you're right, getting at, right? right. Like, that's not going to give you that. And so I, th I think that if as parents, if instead of our goal being like, oh, I, I want you to have the right clothes so you fit in. I want you to have the right fingernails and I want you to have the eyebrows and the, you know, all these things. I think that we've got to shift our desire to wanting to have a really quality connected relationship. And how do you have a quality connected relationship if you're the person doing all the talking and all the expectations and the other person isn't giving feedback? How are you going to have a quality relationship if your loved one, your child is sharing all their hurt and pain, why they blew their opportunity. Now they're missing out, out. If you actually try to make it easier for them at that particular moment, you're not a support person. You're a rescue person. Right. And I think that every time that a kid storms in the house or shuts you out and you're immediately taking it personally, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to create that re relationship because there's, there's stuff going on and it's going to take some listening on their terms, you know, to, to figure that out. And, and it's just hard as a mom. I, you know, my, my classic thing is like, I, I cleaned your clothes and I made you this food and I picked you up from your friend. And so you better behave perfectly. And, and sometimes that, a lot of times that just is not. Well, parenting, parenting a kid is not an exchange program. <laughs> 
Well, and, and it's easy for parents to fall victim to like, I did this for you. I call it the keeping score. You know why? Because all relationships do that to some degree. Yeah, if I work, boyfriend, then you girlfriend, pay for, then you Boyfriend, pay me. boyfriend, yeah. girlfriend, yeah. girlfriend, partner, marriage, whatever it is, there's always a keeping score going on. And in therapy and couples counseling 101, they always say keeping score is very bad <laughs> for any relationship because you always look at the scoreboard thinking, I scored 100 good deed points and they did two. And then you look at their score. It's like, well, I had 100. You had two. It's like, wow, there's two different games going on. It's like watching the presidential elections when this last election is like Trump's winning. He's losing. It's like in every different news station, it just depends depends on which which one you're watching. You're like, wait, is this the same election going on? Like you don't really know what's going on. And so for young people, it's just really so important that we model for them. Like we got to be able to say, hey, listen. This is where I'm at. I see where you're at. I'm going to let you be where you're at. I'm not going to come over and bail you out and rescue you, but I'm also not going to come over and make you feel bad either. Let's so, put a, let's bury the hatchet. This is what happened. Let's move forward. So as we just kind of come full circle as we're yeah. ending, the reality is that as a parent, you can't take away the fact that you're having this emotion, that you are feeling hurt, that you want to, cur- you know, we started out and said, you know, you're going to, you're going to, be cursing this kid that you love or whatever, those emotions are going to exist. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad parent. It doesn't mean you don't love your kid. Imagine if but, every parent went to jail every time they thought something bad towards their kids. <laughs> but you didn't do it. Like, have you ever seen that movie, The Minority Report? Remember Tom yeah, Cruise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Old movie, it's like before the pre-cogs. you actually did it. It's yeah, like before like, you were a bad parent, someone came and gave you like a yellow card, like, <laughs> All right, now you're like, you know, you got to pay a hundred bucks. Yeah, you're yeah. about to be a bad parent. That'd be funny. <laughs> um, you know, I think that those emotions are part of this parenting experience. So go in the closet and feel those emotions. Talk to, talk to your spouse. Talk to your friend. Feel those emotions. But, but then don't go use them as, as your weapons in that relationship. You don't have to be cool-headed to play it cool. Just like we talked about with some other parents before, some parents confess that I wasn't a cool teenager, I've never been a cool adult, I don't know how to like be cool, whatever. Playing it cool is just a, it's just a mindset for that time. You're just playing it cool just until you can get to your best friends for lunch or till you can actually really share how you feel. That's why the cursing, joke, all joking aside, it does show that you're worked up and you're passionate. You care about it. If you have, of course you care. Yeah, if you have negative thoughts care. and feel it's about your kids, like, you know, I freaking hate them. You know, they probably hate me too right and now. And of course, and that's okay. You are probably experiencing shame. Yes. Because when your kids don't do what you want them to do and what's best for them and what you know is best for them, it makes you feel like crap. Like you were, like you've failed. And that is just, that is just how you it's just fact. Yeah. If you want to, I'm doing air quotes, live in your truth right now. You can say, I hate my kid. They probably hate me. They're still going to wake up in the morning wanting breakfast and I'm still going to make it for them. So let's just keep this ball rolling. Like we can hate each other, but we're still going to do it. Yeah. Right? We're, we, we sign up like, like most people aren't going to abandon their whole entire life off of one anger, angry, frustrating thing. I was actually listening to a, a comedian the other night, like just random Netflix comedy standup. He was joking around. I was like, the times where like I want to like like the times he flips out the most and freaks out the most, like 
It's like it's the most stupid, like simple things, like the times where I'm like, I can't do this anymore, like whatever. It's like it wasn't because I lost uh, a a comedy or like an acting gig, like those big things that should make. It's like something like one more time my kid does this, it's the breaking point. Right. But totally. they, what does that tell us about us people? We're emotional. We are emotional. If you want to live in your truth, the truth, your truth is the same as everybody's truth that loves their kids. You're going to hate them. You're going to love them. You're going to keep on showing up. Might as well show with better information and knowledge and understanding. And like Heidi said, not taking it personal, taking deep breath. No, I'm not saying I'm really good at this. No, she, but she I'm knows the steps. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> not taking it super personal, taking a moment, playing naive, playing it cool, letting them vent. Don't answer all time. the questions. Like if, you're, yeah. if you can't do it right then. Take yeah. a, take a. This is better over a hour. couple different conversations. The parents who are like super obsessive, like I have to solve problems right now. You're also the parent who has a lot of other problems in communication. And if you're the person sitting here saying, I have to get to the heart of it and I have to get to the bottom, we have to solve it right now. Well, then you He's got a lot of, me, you right? got a lot of other <laughs> things that you're really, your fire's burning too bright about. Slow it something, down. Because some things do take time. Exactly. Slow it down. Yeah, play it cool. Even though you're freaking out, my kid's worrying about the summer. What am I going to do? You don't have to decide today. Tell them we'll talk about it later. And then when the moment's right, honesty. The truth will set you free. Hey, you screwed up? Yeah. You feel bad? Yeah. Okay. I get it. All right, what are we going to do about it now? You acknowledge that you screwed up? Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I'll give you another deal. As long as you can model for your kids that you can handle their emotions you can discipline by simply just stating the reality qualifies for some sort of discipline. You didn't do your part, right? That teaches them a valuable lesson that disappointment is just part of life. It doesn't mean you are a disappointment. You just didn't yeah, finish something. Say, say that again. Yeah. Just because you feel a disappointment doesn't mean you are a disappointment. Yeah, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake, right? Yeah. Disappointing things are calls to action. Mistakes are an opportunity to be better, okay? So once you get past that, then you acknowledge them. Hey, listen, I'm here with you. Yeah, the old me would have probably taken it really personal and got mad at you, but the new me is saying, I'm gonna let you be mad because I'd be mad too. We'll talk about the end of the week. We'll figure out the rest of the summer. Just slow it down a little bit. That way, when you get to the next conversation, you're talking to a person. You're not talking to a person that's dealing with the disappointment that they didn't make it. Mm-hmm. They didn't show up. And that's a painful reality because the semester and a quarter is a long period of time. And, you and know, if they, they have that long period of time for enough proof to show that they missed out on it, then they're going to have a lot of time to really think about how that affected them. And sometimes it means packets over the summer. Sometimes it means not walking. Like I said, all those experiences I've had with people not working, walking, I can't think of one off the top of my head where they didn't acknowledge I actually needed that. My whole entire life, I was getting past, I was getting past the fact that they didn't let me walk. It was just life finally saying, you're going to have to play by the game now. You have to play by the rules. The rules are you do the job, you get the payment for it. You don't do the job, you don't get the payment for it. It's just the world that we live in. Yeah. It's not personal. It doesn't really matter if you're short, tall, what religion <laughs> you are, what ethnicity you are. It's like people typically consistently get report, get um, progress and some sort of movement if they continually show up and do what they're at least expected to do to some degree. You know, and to to any of you moms that are moms or dads that are out there listening and 
you know, you've got situations that just feel like you're you're so let down about it. You're so discouraged. You just don't know. I just, I want to just reaffirm that there's always a way to work things out. There are, there, there are packets. You might not want the packet thing, but there are packets. There, you know, you can get cars fixed. You can, you can get a new job. You know, you can try again. And I think that all of us get kind of hooked. Like we kind of get our sights set up on one thing. And, and then when it's a swing and a miss or, you know, not even a swing and a missed opportunity, we can let that become the focus. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm guilty as charged on that. Well, last thing I wanted to leave you guys, and I'm hearing this from Heidi right now. It, it puts a smile on my face because she's telling you, you have another chance. You have another opportunity. You are angry and upset with this person because they're so alive to be angry and upset. And to hear it coming from someone like Heidi, who has gone through the complete, you know, 180 degree spin from one day being pissed off and angry about, you know, who left what towels out to the next three years of her life. It was just like annoying, but not a big deal, you know? And so she now has the luxury to be in a situation where her kids and everybody is in a good enough place where she can get more into the details and learn how to use these skills and these tools. But for so long when we're going through trauma and difficult stuff, it's just survival mode. And so for you to say like, hey, listen, you have another opportunity. It's because Heidi's saying that to herself. It's like, I don't have another opportunity with my one son in this one situation but I do have an opportunity with my other kids that I can take what I learned from my son's situation so that they don't have to ever have parts of me. They can really get whole bits of Heidi. Like they're getting the most of me that any of my kids have ever have gotten in the history of my parenting. And you can do that despite the fact that you lost one son because you're looking at the other opportunities that you have to learn and to take that information and to not let it be personal with your other kids. Not making your kids feel like what's happening in life is personal is good. But when disappointment happens because they didn't show up, it's also good to know that that's on them. Regardless if you have a little bit as a parent to to be responsible for, if they know that they have control of some of their outcomes, then yeah, the ones that you can control, go to school every day, get your grades, get your parents off your back, have your freedom, you know, Test the boundaries in the world in other areas, but don't limit yourself. Don't be, don't be a teenager that thinks because of my parents, I can't live my life. Oh, that's horrible to live like that. Be the parent says, hey, because of me, my kids have the space and freedom to make lots of mistakes until they make it up and figure it out. Yeah, and I mean, the, the opposite problem of just like not holding anybody accountable making everything so easy and doing it for them like that catches that catches up on the other on the other side um you can feel for them doesn't mean you have to fix it every time you feel for them right and and you guys I'm, what we're talking about is not it's not easy but it's worth it and and if our goal is to 
to teach these kids these independent living skills. And, and I like to, I like to remind myself, I, I kind of have this little thing in my day that when I have to do something hard like this, I remind myself that my goal is actually so that my kids have independent living skills. <laughs> and sometimes I even let them know that, well, that's, it's an independent living skill <laughs> because that's our goal as a parent. And, um, and not to just outfit them perfectly um, so they look good. Yeah. I just thought of something funny to say that you could tell your kids, you know, the whole independent living skills. And Which they is... come to me and say, Mom, I need you to help me with this. I say, hey, listen, I do not want to, I do not want to rob you of your ILS. <laughs> Your ILS training, because they'd really yeah, be annoyed yeah, by you saying it. They would. Like using acronyms like, this is your ILS experience. <laughs> what does ILS mean? Independent living skills. Like, so you can help me out or not? That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Little sense of humor goes a long way, Yeah, right? just tell them, because when it's mom's living skills that provide your independence, then you don't have a lot of freedom. Yeah, yeah. I'll be picking out your clothes, your comforters for college i'll be doing those things for you oh yeah yeah and you know they they want they want to spread the wings even if when it's a little uncomfortable right yeah, yeah. i just picture you for some reason when you said that they want to spread the wings like a mama bird like regurgitating like <laughs> like food up and like put it in your kids Thank mouths you. you know Thank i don't know you. why Thank i just you very had much. that i see now know. people get to see the video of me go, <laughs> So I've gone from so, being a, a mama bear to the, the mama red bird. robin to the yeah. mama bear. Yeah. And then when they don't take your advice, I see you just shoving your beak in the beak of, <laughs> ah, 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 and like just vomiting it into their mouth. And they're pushing you off with their wings you know, that they can't fly with yet. We can keep so on going good. if yeah, you Yeah, like. this is great. This, I think this okay. is where we wrap we'll it up. We'll end there. Um, you guys, I don't know how you're feeling about this um, video podcast. We don't even know if we're putting this one out. So Here's, if you watch it. We're putting it out. Oh, here's we are? We're here's the up. thing. So this is also the debate. Yeah, this is the studio too, you guys. It and you know it's a light the fight studio because we have That's right. There's evidence. A light the fight yeah. decoration of I some sort. It, I hope you guys love it. Um Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something. I can't. Oh yeah, no, no, here's the debate. I was trying to tell my kids that this was a video podcast. And they're like, it's called a vlog. And I was like, no, 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 this isn't a vlog. Vlog is like when people like drive around the town and like show short these videos edit and, and, you know, it's, chop it up. Yeah. No, this is like people watching video of people podcasting. <laughs> they don't think that. So well, they and think, who would I'm, ever they think know, I'm just a complete idiot. Even the top podcast in the world never thought anyone would watch him on YouTube just sitting there talking for someone. They get millions of views every yeah. every YouTube video. Yeah, so it's it's weird. You guys can join us in our weirdness. Um, but we do know that there's some people who um, are more visual. Yeah. And, um, and so, so if you're watching this on YouTube, what's that button? starts with an S, ends with an acribe. Oh, subscribe. I forgot to be Like and subscribe. Uh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Click that subscribe button on the YouTube so the people on YouTube know to come down here and continue to film yeah, us. Yeah, we need the YouTube to help us out, yeah. right? And, uh, but no, subscribe and uh, leave comments that are positive. If they're negative, Heidi's not allowed to read them. Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll just, we'll just, she'll say, did all the comments come out positive? Say, of course, Heidi, they're always I might, positive. I might take it personally. Actually, we've only had two I negative might... comments in, now Freak that out. I say this, we're going to get like 200. Yeah, don't talk well, about Well, two it. negative comments in, what, a year and two months doing this now, so it's well, not that bad. It could be guys, worse. We appreciate your feedback. Um, we kind of have this collection of, of wins. Um Sometimes we get them in in real life. Sometimes we get them in like up close and personal yep. wins. And so we want to thank you. And and um, and it, for all those of you who sent direct messages just to tell us what's going on in your life, to tell us um, how much the podcast has helped, or just thoughts and feelings, we do appreciate that as well. Thank you for sending those in. Continue to send those in. Um, we do our best with um, with uh, one of our lovely team members to respond to everybody. Um, so if you don't get a response from me and Heidi, you'll get a response from someone. We're just grateful that you're picking up what we're putting down. Like that's what it comes down to. It. That's right. And, and you know what we know, <laughs> we know it's hard. <laughs> you know, David, not so much. He doesn't think. This I don't know. Hard. Well, I don't have teenagers either. <laughs> we know that this is hard. And we know that when you're listening, sometimes some of the stuff that we talk about is like, Ooh, that was a little prickly, um, and I and I feel you on that. So thank you for coming back and listening, even though it is a little prickly. Yeah. And um, it's interesting as we – I don't normally like to look at numbers. I don't find joy in looking at, like, all the demographics and all the things that, that doesn't excite me. Um, but it is interesting – to know that you are coming back and listening again and again. And so thank you for that. And like I always say, thank you for helping us to light the fight.